Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of Three In, Three Out, the most unique Seahawks recap show in the multiverse. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner, and today I am riding Han Solo. You know why? Because Brandon deserves a family vacation, people. He's had a great little run here. He went up to Minnesota to go watch his brother get married. They took the family down to Florida. Why not? You're halfway across the country. Just keep on driving, Wayne. So he's enjoying that. So I'll be driving Han Solo today. Hope you don't mind. Hey, guys, I miss him too. You know, it's a, the three and three out supposed to be a volley. So today I'm going to have to look in the mirror, look at the man in the mirror and volley it to myself, which, uh, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. The show must go on. And for our Seahawks, I must tell you, folks, I hope I hope the listeners, I hope most of you have the ability to go back and rewatch the games. I know, you know, it could cost a few shekels. NFL Plus is a nice, nice um, way to do that if you're in the States. And of course, I think game day or whatever it might still be overseas. I don't really know. Um, but there's different ways to do it. And I realize not everybody has access to it. Uh, and I'm grateful I do because this Seahawks game was a really, really fun one to go back and rewatch. A lot more satisfying than it actually was. It was like more frustrating the first time through and then way more satisfying the second time through. So I hope y'all can do that as well. Quick reminder that, hey, if you're enjoying all the content on Seahawkers podcast, well, there's lots of ways that you could help out. Number one, you know, go to shp.show if you want to get any of the audio or just go to the end of your platforms and go search the Seahawkers podcast. It'll come up right away. Even put it into YouTube. It will come up as, you know, straight away. Even if you put Seahawks podcast in there, heck, the Seahawkers podcast is page one, usually choice one. And there's a reason for that because uh, the content's darn good. All right. The other stuff, of course, too, is YouTube. We're really trying to grow the YouTube account. We're doing lots of lives. We're doing Adam's little vignettes as well, as you know, which are wonderful. And that's youtube.com slash Seahawkers podcast. Go out there, subscribe, hit the bell. So, you know, when we're going live, so you get notified, but of course, drop the comments. Hey, even if you got some things to say that you don't like, it's all right. Comments are cool. They generate, they generate conversation. We're all big boys and big girls here. We could take it, uh, you know, but hit the likes, hit the subscribes and finally share it. Share the Hawker, right? Share the Hawker with your fellow 12s, because if two 12s tell two 12s, I can't do the math from there, folks. I'm kind of a simpleton that way, but I know the Hawker will continue to grow. Hey, we're coming in hot with this awesome W versus the Cardinals that I'm recording this Tuesday morning. I got to watch the, I don't want to call it awesome, but awesome results of the Broncos. Let's ride curse continuing to happen. The muff punt in overtime. The, uh, I was going to say San Diego, the LA superchargers there. They get the W. The Broncos go to two and four. We go to three and three. So let's check out how did we get to this three and three on three and three out? I think you all know there is only one rule. I usually can't remember it, but I'm driving solo. I write it down in a little scrap of paper so, so I don't forget. And that one rule is, of course, that when we wit, how do I go and botch that? The big, how do I botch that? You know what? That's staying. I'm not even going to edit that out. You're going to see it when we win. We start with it in. So let's get to that first in. Let's go. Starting with it in and I botched the five, botched the opening. Shame on me. Shame on me. All right. But not shame on our Seahawks. There was a lot of good to like here. Um, somewhat uneven, somewhat crunchy, but a lot to, a lot to like. Things we're not going to talk about, but I think are worthy of recognition. I'm not going to talk about Kenneth Walker's prowess back there as a running back. Dude looks shifty as heck. Lovely. Hey, Kobe Bryant, he played his best game coverage-wise, another peanut punch. Uh, Kobe was was the man. I'm really enjoying the way the way they used the fans. You know, people are kind of getting getting on Noah Fan. He's not he's not that explosive. He's not this, he's not that. I don't know, man. I just see the dude moving the chain. I see the dude open on crossers, catching basically everything thrown his way and moving the chain. So I'm enjoying watching some fans. And one other, we're not gonna get into the Puna. And the Q Jeff and the Nuosu and even the Shelby Harris, that front line looked amazing. And I think it comes down to scheme. We've been talking about this for a few weeks now. They're scheming differently. And then you hear the players talk about it. You hear the X's and O's guys say, hey, this three, four lining dudes up like right on the nose, not lining them up in the gap, asking them to react as, a, as opposed to be get up field to be proactive doesn't fit the body types that we have on this team. So you got plenty of X's and O's types talking about that. If you got your peepers out, you hear it. This week, it went it went to more of a scheme where it was like attack. Just go at the ball right on the jump and beat them with quickness. I think we saw a lot of that. So I do think 
the scheme is starting to rotate back over to what the Seahawks personnel does very, very well. I think that bodes really nicely for our Seahawks. All right. Enough about the preamble. It's time for our first in. There were quite a bit. Y'all know I love me some Bob Ross. Yes, the the famous Afroed painter. He'd, he'd wet the canvas with the liquid white and prep it so that the other colors could jump out later and kind of stick to it and grab to it. So I've got to wet the canvas for y'all. And again, if you can go back and rewatch these plays, if you have access, I, I encourage you to. I think, it, I think it will enhance the experience. All right, quarter one. It is 11 minutes in. It is second and goal. And the Cardinals are just outside R1. I am still... To this day, with this team, I'm still going to be team never defer until I see better first drives from our defense. I don't love the idea of kicking off and letting the team absorb four to five minutes and put points on the board. Now, the lucky part, or maybe not so lucky, the skilled part was they only got three. So let's kind of dissect why it was not a touchdown. And and no, it's not Kyler Murray's fault in this particular occasion. It's because we did something really, really good. Kyler is in shotgun just outside the one-yard line, and they have a read option going with Eno Benjamin. Eno goes to his right, and and Kyler keeps it. The beautiful part of this play, there's a couple, but I really want to, you know, circle takes a square and give this to Boye Mafe. Mafe does a wonderful job. First of all, he shoots through the gap. We talked about that scheme, like not reacting, not sitting back and waiting and reacting, but off the ball going, right? Shoots through the gap, Kind of untouched, does a little bit of an ole on, I think, the right tackle who's trying to reach out to him. Maybe it was the tight end. And he's he's through. Now, now what happens is he has to engage Eno. Eno tries to engage him. Still, with that, he keeps contained the entire time. Eno tries to turn him a little bit, just tries to blow him off the ball. Mafe's having none of that. Mafe stands him up. It gives time for Mike Jackson to give him support on the left-hand side. And if you go back and watch, there's also another dude who factors into this play. And I think that was Miles Adams breaking through up the middle. So all of a sudden, Kyler had nowhere to go. So Kyler tries to string it out, and then it's just speed. Mafe and Jackson chase him all the way out. Now, here's where Kyler, I don't I don't get why he just don't float the ball to the back, you know, outside the end zone and not lose four yards. But Kyler's going to do some Kyler things. He keeps the ball and goes out the five-yard line. This is a lovely play by Mafe. So again, takes on the block, shoots through the gap, stands up Eno Benjamin, wins that battle, keeps contain, keeps him going to the sidelines, and then speed demons to the outside. So he plus Mike Jackson equals Kyler has no shot. And they get into third and four. They, then it's a really bad pass. I don't even know what Kyler is doing. And they got to settle for three. So though I'm team never defer right now with this team, for the reasons I stated earlier, if uh, if you could do what they did, which is, you know, they could just bend but don't break and then you only give up three, that's a win in the NFL, especially on drive number one when you're getting the ball back to start the second half. So that first uh, in, that is going to go to Boye Mafe. He's playing really crisp and very, very sound defensive end. And, uh, and it's just, it's kind of lovely to see because the why it's so lovely too, very quickly is, we get where the love is going, right? The love is going to Tariq Woolen, deservedly so, right? The, the love is going to Kobe Bryant. All those, all those t- turnovers forced and now playing really good slot. I get it. The love's going to K9. The love's going to the, to the two tackles. Kind of the man forgotten in this draft class, which is that's insane, by the way. That's five starters, five. The man forgotten is kind of Boye Mafe and he's playing really, really well. So I'm super happy to give that man his flowers, not his tray flowers. Happy to give him his flowers and the first in with this delicious 19 to nine victory over the Redbirds. All right, let us, let us, not let us, let us hop on over to an out. This was the kind of game that three in, three out was supposed to be about, right? It is the nooks, it is the crannies, it's the nuances. It's not the big third and one breaks where Taysom Hill goes for 60 frigging yards and, and we have to talk about it though we don't want to talk about it on three and three out. This game was far more nuanced, far more in the trenches. And again, for me, really a really, really fun rewatch, even though the first view was a little frustrating. But you go back and rewatch like, ooh, we actually were pretty damn sound all game. However, we are on the outside of the ledger. So let's look at this one. It is three to three. It is 13.43 to go in quarter two. And we have the ball on our own 29-yard line. It's third and one. Okay, so some of these early on, 
I was really hoping on some of these short third and ones and, and short conversion opportunities that I understand the, the want to establish the run. I, I, I get it. I understand that. I, I, I usually champion it too. Um, in this particular case, I'm just sitting there going, man, like, Hey, Gino's starting to percolate. Not the, not the best start, but he's starting to show a little flow here. You know, why don't we pull this thing down, get him outside, boot this thing, get it, you know, get it to one of our three tight ends for an easy conversion, something like that. We don't do that. I could forgive that. It's not on the play call. It's just a run. It's a run to Walker tight formation, two tight ends, right? But the whole thing is that the whole offensive line kind of fails here and fails pretty badly. Um, D Lou, he is gets, he gets beat, beat from jump street. I don't want to focus on that one. I'm actually going to give the out to Abe Lucas on this one. Now, this might be the most unfair out in the history of outs because it's not that, it's not that Lucas gets beat and it's not because Lucas and Cross kind of had a, you know, a men's amends day there. Like, you know, I see, I see, not, not so hot, not so cold. Um, it's, it's because he's, he's going against JJ Watt. JJ Watt is still quite effective. You know, if we say what you will about him, he's obviously not in his, in his glory days anymore here with the Cardinals and they very much overpaid for an aging JJ Watt. That's their problem. With that, JJ Watt bests Lucas here really, really badly. He just shoots inside. Lucas doesn't, he's, he just gets blown away with quickness. And that's the part for me. I'm like, I understand that JJ Watt is like super, super cerebral and understands the game like few others ever have. Um, watching Lucas kind of get beat with speed. It wasn't just this play. This is the one we're going to focus on, but Lucas got beat with speed in this game to the inside. And then later he got beat with speed to the outside. And that's not really what the college tape was all about. The college tape was the kind of the power plus speed, but sometimes beat Lucas. Um, and in the early season, he's been, he's been really good. You know, he's, he's getting, he's been getting more praise than cross has. So just want to bring this back to the idea that, you know, what ends up happening is Watt meets, uh, you know, K9 two yards deep in the backfield. It's, it's a blown up play. It's, it's, he has nowhere to go. Lewis is beat. Abe Lucas is beat and I think we're punting the ball away or yeah, we have, we have to punt. We're in our, we're in our own zone at that point. It's okay to bring the, to bring the two rookie tackles back down to earth a little bit. What was surprising was that it was this team to do it. So it's not, there's no panic button. There's no worry button. We're six weeks in and our two tackles have been at least B to B plus players, like really good starting, you know, good starting NFL tackles. So, you know, don't, don't come at me with, with the, how could you do that? It's about the micro moments. It's about the fact that Lucas got beat with speed a couple times and this one was glaring. So he's got to wear the scarlet. O. it's okay. Let's get back to another in. All right, Flock, we talked about the trenches. This game was one and one because we didn't lose. This game was one and one in the trenches. I don't think there was a play that symbolized our trench warfare winningness, if you will, more than this one. So quarter two, got to love this number, 12-12 to go in quarter two. It's a three to three ball game, second and seven. Arizona's got the ball on their own 27-yard line. Once again, we got Kyler in shotgun, you got Eno sitting to his right. And then this is the play, if you recall, on the snap, Brian Monet makes the center. His name is Sean Harlow, number 64 in your scorebook there. Monet makes Harlow look like an inanimate sled. It's pretty magical to go watch this play and watch it over and over and over again. On the snap, first of all, Monet times it, you know, chef's kiss beautifully. You know, he's a hair away from being offsides. That's how, that's how on the snap he is. And he moves Harlow back, who's, you know, none of these players are small players. Yes, they don't have their starting center who's, who's, who has been all world, you know, at other times of his career, whatever. That's the NFL. He puts Harlow back into, you know, uh, Kyler and Eno Benjamin's lap about seven, six, seven yards deep. It's astounding, astounding how quickly and what, what kind of force he can move him back. So much so that Benjamin trips on Harlow's leg. It's a big, you know, it's a big, uh, second down loss. And then on third and 10, the nice part about these, man, is that you get that momentum builder. Anybody who says momentum is not real in sports, I don't, 
I don't think you've ever played a sport in your life. Um, the next play is that third and 10 where Nuosu gets a sack and they got to pump the ball back in a 3-3 tight ball game. So Monet, this is a huge, huge in. Watching him just terrorize the center, put the dude back seven yards off of the snap. You can't do it much better. I love me some trench warfare in football. That's the second in, folks. Love it. We're back on the outside of the ledger here. Anyone who's brand new to the format, it is three of the best micro moments we saw in the game. We call that the in, three of kind of the worst or the ones that were the most worrisome moments of the game or a play or a player of the game that, again, is not the star-studded player and not the play that the pundits are talking about or that you're going to see in the highlights. So it's the smaller things we want to unearth here on three and three out. So with that, it is nine to three at this point, quarter three, 14, 24 to go. So early quarter three, it's a second and three from uh, Seattle's got the ball on the 31 yard line. Okay. Again, it's nine to three at this point. Gino's now in shotgun and we got, uh, you know, K nine, Ken Walker, the third directly behind him, like a yard and a half behind Gino in shotgun. This is the one where in this particular play, it really looks like uh, Ken Walker, I'm not sure he goes the wrong way so much. I think he's supposed to get the ball. Like Gino turns around at the very least, it's supposed to be a read option or some sort, right? An RPO, whatever. Um, but Gino turns around and kind of like puts the ball in Walker's belly. Walker is not ready to receive the ball, you know? So immediately I'm like, Ooh, and you can tell by Gino's reaction, he doesn't like just, you know, smoothly drop back. He goes into, oh boy, you know, oh, oh boy. Cause he's, you know, he's, he's in shotgun. He's now six, seven, eight yards back. Um, and, and, and they're at a point in the field where they, they, they need to convert and, and still a tight game at nine to three. What happens next is cross gets beat badly to the inside, but I think it's kind of on purpose. So this is not on cross. Uh, what I saw was the guy, you know, it certainly jumps inside a cross and cross gives him a shove. To me, in my brain, rewatching that with the compilation of Gino looks like he wants to hand the ball off to Walker. Cross, the guy is allowed to kind of enter inside and Cross just shoves him to the middle. What it looked like to me was Walker was supposed to get the ball with kind of a one-on-one matchup on the outside. And maybe they're kicking a block or whatever they're, whatever they're doing with, with the, the corner that's sitting there. Um, you know, I'll take my chances with Walker on a dude and see if he can make a miss. It results in a, in a bad sack. Actually, no, sorry. It's not a sack. Gino ends up scrambling and gets hit while he throws. It takes a pretty bad hit. In fact, uh, so it's a blown play. The out I'm going to give to Walker that in the sense is, listen, I love, I love what I saw from Walker. I think we all loved not just the touchdown, but the toughness, his lateral movement inside tight spaces. It's special, right? So this is not any knock on what Walker can be for our team or what he did in this game. This is a bit of a, hey, rookie, we got to clean this up a little bit because, because you're the man now, right? That's that's it. Like, there wasn't a lot of DJ Dallas. DJ played a decent amount of snaps, but the touches and the high value touches and even third down situations where they let Walker just go do his best so he can go learn on the job. Um, Walker is the man. So he's got to clean this up. I think it's a, I mean, it is a mental thing. He's clearly talented. We talked in the preseason and then the first couple of weeks that this team's not quite good enough to give things away. You know, speaking of giving things away, another special teams touchdown, right? We're not good enough most times to sustain mistakes like that. We're going to start playing some better teams as, as the, uh, the schedule kind of evolves forward a little bit. And we've got to be a little cleaner. I expect Walker to make mistakes as a rookie. So that's not it. But I also start, I also, expecting to start to clean these things up. So we don't get these, we don't get these lost plays that by the way, ended up in Gino taking a pretty severe hit. Can't have that. So the rookie takes the out. Let us get back to the last in. It's now quarter three, very late in the quarter. We're talking like 20 seconds to go, right? 20 seconds to go. It's 12 to nine and Seattle's got the ball at the Arizona 40. Now remember, remember about this. This is the drive Right after the punt touchdown that the Cardinals got, the only touchdown they got in the game, Seattle's defense allowed a field goal on the very first drive of the game, and that was it, and that should be celebrated. Now, this in, to me, what I loved about this week's three in, three out, 
was that it allowed me to talk about Gino. Um, because in games where we put up 48 or 32 and Gino is just bombing it downfield and looking so crisp, we're not going to really talk about Gino, uh, on, on three and three out because everybody else talk about Gino. So I encourage you, if you have the ability to go rewatch this Kenneth Walker touchdown drive, because while Walker was great, this drive, this drive was all about Gino doing some really, really special things in the most key moment. That's the piece. We just gave away a touchdown and got the ball back. The Cardinals have no right to be in this game. And yet they're in this game. This is where the fear factor starts coming in as Seahawks fans. We're like, oh man, we've seen this script before where we let crappy teams with like a Colt McCoy hang around and lo and behold, we, we blow it in the fourth quarter and then we're scratching our heads as the year goes on going, wow, that's when we, we really had to have. But Gino said not today. So on this particular play, Cardinals, they blitz both cornerbacks right away, but off the jump, both, both cornerbacks, both sides are coming at Gino full steam ahead. Gino, it, it looks from like, you know, from my couch, I'm sure from your couch for rewatching this, it looks like Gino is about to take a bad, bad sack. You know, maybe, maybe even a hit from behind strip sack does not look good. Instead, Gino gets the ball out just in time to a man, D. Eskridge dragging across the route there who gets open. He catches it eight yards deep. He goes forward for like another six yards, huge chain mover. This is all Gino, man. Gino recognizes the blitz, stands tall. He knows he's going to take a hit, fires a strike. Now, hey, D, probably D. Eskridge's most significant game so far, dating all the way back to the first game against the Colts last year, right? D makes the play, makes the first down, wonderful. And then, and then Gino follows that up. The very next play, the Cardinals send Buda, Buda Baker on a safety blitz, just kind of around our left tackle, around cross. And he's coming in free. And that's the play where Gino hits Metcalf on a little slant over the middle. It's Metcalf's first catch of the game. And that goes for like 17 yards. So within a span of like, oh, I don't know, 40 seconds from like, you know, clock to clock or a minute, whatever it might be, we get a, a huge first down by D. Eskridge for about 14, 15 yards, followed up by a huge first down from DK Metcalf for 17 yards on two back-to-back blitzes where Gino took a hit. Gino stood tall and he delivered the perfect ball. And this is the biggest drive of the game. Remember, it results in Kenneth Walker doing the okie doke and getting around Murphy for the touchdown, which is a really cool touchdown. And that puts the game away. It's 19, 19 to nine at that point. And while it wasn't the smoothest fourth quarter after that, the defense played great and the Cardinals were shut out. So loving to give Gino this huge, huge in. We keep, you know, people keep saying, well, we got to see Gino with the, the comeback drive. We gotta, that's the last piece. You know, that's the last crown jewel in the Thanos uh, gauntlet there. We got to see Gino come back. I hear you. And with that, this is a couple of games now, the Detroit game and now this game versus the Cardinals, where Gino led a drive to put the game away when it mattered. We didn't punt it back. We put points on the board. In fact, we put seven on the board both those occasions and we won the game because of a very, very timely Geno drive. One of the most coolest parts about this rewatch was live. I was like, okay, Geno's having a, you know, a C, C plus day. Um, and then you, you go rewatch it. And then you, you look at the moments in which Geno was the brightest that he was. And for me, that moves the needle. I'm not saying it's an A plus day. I'm not some Pollyanna. Uh, Geno had his most kind of average day, if you will. His average day was still a solid B minus, maybe even a B. He moved the ball with his feet. He moved the chains. Later in that same drive, he hits Tyler Lockett for a beautiful little out pattern for another first down that sets us up close to the goal line, which becomes the Kenneth Walker show. So just want to give Gino the love. We don't do it too much in this show because we try to avoid quarterback talk because they are the stars of the NFL. But in this particular instance, man, Gino deserves that in. So let us celebrate it. Okay, so when we start with an in, it means we've got to end with an out. Let's get to it real quick because we also got From the Flock coming right up. Now it's quarter three, four, 36 to go with this particular out. It's nine to three Seahawks and we have the ball at the Arizona eight yard line. You know, it's like one of those things where we're looking to put the game away at this point, gets, you know, get seven and not settle for three. However, the Cardinals and, and specifically Marcus Golden had some, had some different ideas. 
What I saw in this game was, and I'll just say the out real quickly. The out is going to go to Damian Lewis. Um, I don't understand PFF's grade on Damian Lewis. I don't get it. I'm not trying to be, you know, I, I don't know D. Lou. Uh, obviously, he was a budding right guard. We moved him to left guard. He seemingly hasn't been quite the same for a couple of years now since we moved him to, to left guard. Um, PFF gave D. Lou something like the 80s or something like that, maybe the 70s, but like a good grade. He, he graded that well. I don't get it. I didn't see it. I, what I saw was every single, not every single, but many of the stunts and the twists that the Cardinals were doing, he got beat. You know, like Cross has taken the guy that, that cuts across his, his face and attempting to pass off, uh, you know, the edge in this case, uh, the linebacker in a three, four, uh, passing off golden, Marcus Golden and Delu is just getting beat. He's getting beat over and over again. And then, then what it causes on that particular type of play, which is the point of it, you get, you know, pressure right up the middle, right? Because obviously you're stunting or twisting and you're coming around and you're taking it back. The blitz, if you will, um, is coming back up the gut at that point through the, through where the garden center would be. Um, Dilu did not look good to me. He looked like he got beat several times on that particular play. I think it's just a, you know, nice, a nice example of it to, to, to use a word incorrectly there. So keeping that last out fairly short because we got to get to from the flock. It is for D. Lou. I want to see them tighten that thing up and, and just, you know, a sell into the, well, be that now the second third of the year, if you will. And the Chargers, the Chargers, if you watch that Monday night game, they do a lot of this stuff, right? They're fast. They bring pressure. They, they bring it with stunts. They bring it with twists. They bring it with blitzes that are intended to get guards and centers miscommunicating and get pressure up the middle. It, this, from the second quarter on, it made Russ's life miserable. And Russ is not 25 years old any longer. He can't get out of most of those. Um, Gino, uh, we just talked about him. He's proven that he, he will find the guy dragging over the middle and be accurate even in the face of the blitz. But it's still not what Gino does best because it's not what most quarterbacks do best. It's hard. That's why you blitz a quarterback. Want to see D. Lou get better. He's going to wear that last out. But worry not, folks. If we're if we're ending with it out, it means we started with it in, and that means we won the darn ball game, which we did, nineteen to nine. Okay, Brandon's on vacation. There is no right in brand in this week, so we get you know we don't get that. What can I say besides again let let the gentleman have his have his fun with his family? We do have to rotate over to the MVC, the most valuable cranny. And if you don't know me by now, if I haven't said the word trenches enough in this particular episode. The MVC, which again, the most valuable cranny, a very real, very physical trophy that we have printed and created, sometimes 3D printed each and every single week. We send it off to the VMAC. It shows up in, in the locker rooms. You've probably seen it already on like, you know, myriad uh, interviews where they're in the locker room. It's, it's usually really in a nice premier spot. They move it later next to the, next to the Lombardi and the whole, the whole thing already. It's, it's coveted. It's coveted is, is what I can say about the MVC. But if you don't know me by now, well, get to know that I love me some trenches. And if Big Al Woods can't play in the game, but Big Brian Monet can play in the game and sled his guy back seven to eight yards and move a center like he is a piece of, you know, metal and plastic, that is the MVC people. Like Brian Monet gets it. We're going to ship it out to you at the VMAC. Be on the lookout for it, Brian. I think it's your first. I think it's your first. And congrats, man. That is a, it's an honor. It's an honor to give it to you because the play was just that darn good. You are the NBC. Hey, Flock, that now brings us to our favorite section, which we affectionately call From the Flock. And this is when you chime in with your ins and outs. And I got to give credit where due, like folks have gotten so in tuned over the years that, you know, you're not sending in the, the giant major moments. No, you are unearthing your own buttery nooks and crannies and sharing them out there, reminding folks, how do you share it? Well, the best ways are if you're actually a member of the flock, right? Get in the flock.com three bucks a week and you, and you get an invite to the discord, which is where we hang out game day all day. It's super fun. There's even a channel just for three and three out. So you can plop your ideas there. And this way I do not miss them. Uh, or if you want to do 12, 12 a month, that is the Seahawkers pod ring of honor on Facebook. That's kind of where we're chatting all week long. 
So where Discord is definitely more game day, there's some weekly chat, but it's really more game day chat and focused on that because Discord's great for live commentary, right? Facebook, the whole weekly, the whole weekly gathering all week long with some incredible 12s from literally across the globe, getting the flock.com for any of those. And of course, if you're out on Twitter, you can hashtag it 3i30, tag me at Clinton Bond, tag at Seahawkers Pod. I typically will not miss those either. We put them all together and we bring you this lovely section that we call From the Flock. And we're going to start in the Ring of Honor this week on Facebook. And we got Mario Cristiani. What a fun, definitely soccer player name, right? Mario Cristiani. He says, WTF, so what the fudge happened to our special teams? Major, major out lately. Here I am waxing poetic that we don't hit the major things. You know what? Mario is, he, he's right. <laughs> we, we, obviously has to be cleaned up. So, all right, Chris Boucher, what I say, the, the most, the funnest name to say in the ring of honor. He says in Kobe, Peanut, Tillman, Bryant with the force fumble on Kyler Murray and Tariq Willen with the recovery. That's a duo. That is a duo. And um, the thing with Bryant is like, this is on purpose. You know, and, and the fact that he's like seemingly ambidextrous, like I don't, I, I mean, I, I remember Peanut Tillman, of course, and great player. I don't remember if he was as effective with his left hand as he is with his right hand, you know, like whatever the, the dominant hand is there. But I see Bryant doing it with both hands. This particular one, Kyler's about to zoom by him and he just like left crosses this thing out, deadly accurate. And, and just, it's a skill. It is a skill that he clearly practices. So good stuff. All right. Out to Twitter we go. We got Mike at. MCG2587 goes in the defense as a whole. Yes, even Cody Barton stopping the drive at the with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter as an example. And he says, Walker shouldering the run game and Arizona leaving McCoy on the bench. Thank you. No Colt, no Colt McCoy equal to W for our Hawks. Another W here from Bailey, Bailey Liborn at Bailey Liborn out on Twitter in to wreak having four in a row. This guy is a ball hawk. Agree. He's a Seahawk. He's a ball hawk. He's darn good. Um, you know, to go however many minutes we are in without talking about Tariq. That's why we have from the flock. Dude's an absolute joy to watch. It's getting to the point where he's also not, doesn't seem to be getting the ball thrown his way. We'll see what happens. Again, back to the Chargers game. Really cool that we could watch a Monday night game and, and focus on the Chargers. Mike Williams doesn't get separation. He doesn't. He does like, He's everything that people accuse DK Metcalf of being, basically. He he does not get separation, doesn't run crisp or interesting routes that I can see. Um, he's great at the 50-50 ball. He's he's that's his thing. Uh Keenan, Keenan Allen's supposed to be back. Obviously, that's a that's a huge, that's like us getting back Lockett, right? That that literally that's like us getting back or us being without Tyler Lockett. Huge disadvantage. So they're getting Keenan Allen back next week. They, they say, um, he wants to play next week. It'll be very interesting to see what happens there because Keenan is the exact opposite. Keenan is a, is the, the Doug Baldwin mastermind of route running. He creates a lot of separation. So it'll be really interesting to see if he is back, what happens. But right now the Chargers looked a little dysfunctional. And again, credit to the Broncos. They do have a good defense. All right. Car, car. We're over to the over. We are over to the Discord in Gino's jump on that trick play. It's kick ass and so much fun to watch. That was pretty cool. That was a great, great play design. The direct snap to um to K9 to get him going early. And Gino sells it. And then we had also Monet can buy you happiness, who goes by Leo in the Discord as well. Same vibe because Gino's fake miss snap on the K9 first big run. He goes very much a reenactment of the Peyton Manning fail, the safety fail in the Super Bowl. So anytime we can talk about 43 to 8, we're going to talk about 43 to 8. All right. We also had Kev. Uh, how does he say it? In great. Oh, in, oh, I just got to read it. Just read it. Kev in great Glenn. I thought it was like, you know, uh, I, Iden a gardener there. I should know a little better by now. Kev in great Glenn in the discord in Gino running a block for Walker. Yeah. Same play, right? Super cool. And then we used to love when Russ did this. So just, you know, Russ with the Russ would run and look like he has like the old school, like 1940s leather helmet on and just Gino looks a bit different out there, different type of stride, effective getting upfield, making the block. 
always effective. Josh Tahuman coming in and Discord in red zone stop with AZ's first possession. Absolutely. In Kenneth, the Michigan Ranger Walker. I get like, you know, Texas Walker. If, if y'all are Chuck Norris fans and of a certain age, you'll get that one. Grabbing the side, the reins of the run game. Absolutely. And in Monet doing well on the D line, despite no Al Woods. Absolutely correct. All right. Back to more. Oh, now, now we're going to go over to Maurice. Maurice says in, uh, let's see, Monet bull rushing the center on that second and seven on AZ's third possession. We talked that was in Maurice, you and I were, not only is Maurice writes, that was the MBC for a reason. So Maurice, you nailed that one. Gene Bow in the discord out. Tyler running into the goalpost, trying to catch an overthrown ball. Yeah. End of the second half. The frustrating part about that drive, and we, it was almost on the out ledger. Adam and I talked about it in the, uh, the live reaction, live and uncatfished. Uh, that was directly after the game. Always fun. Um, yes, there was a bit of an overthrow and yes, Tyler hits the kind of puffy pylon thing that holds the goalposts up. Not hard, but you know, you'd like to see a more accurate strike there. The thing that kind of sets that up is Marquise Goodwin catches a great pass and goes down for like 20 yards down the sidelines um, a few plays before that, but doesn't get out of bounds. It was weird. Like he's right there and there's only 40 seconds to go on the half where, you know, you want to preserve that time. We end up blowing like probably 12 seconds or so right there before the next play is off. So that was a bit frustrating because we ended up having longer shots in the end zone and we took our shots, right? We took a shot to uh, Tyler, took a shot to DK. Then we had to kick a field goal and, and, you know, hit, hit the tunnel. Um, it was frustrating that the shots, the end zone were still, you know, uh, not too close. We didn't, we didn't, didn't get a chance to pound the ball in with Walker, which would have been ideal. And if we preserved time a little bit better, we probably would have had a, had a, you know, just better shots at the end zone to try and end that half, which would have been cool, but that's all right. But Gene Bo, I hear you. We don't want to see Tyler running into inanimate objects ever. Car, car back with the out. I don't think I heard DK's name in the first half. Um, well, you know, DK had the first attempt of the game. That was not a great throw. Uh, I'm not, there was a crosser later. I think that was second half. The one part about this, and, and obviously people are leaving these in real time, right? So this ledger kind of rolls off chronologically, especially if I'm sticking inside Discord, which I am right now. Um, the nice part about DK, which I just kind of circle back to Gino. Yeah, DK didn't have a, good game stats wise and when it mattered and the last drive with the touchdown possession and then the the first down to ice it the dk dk showed up moved the chain a couple times which is really cool all right we got frost in the discord in giving d a shot at kick returner and dallas a shot at punt returner we don't need tyler back there anymore likely right we've been calling up we've been saying this for a long long time um be super nice if d looks like d is this was cool for D in a couple of ways. Number one, three receptions, moving the chain, big first downs. That's number one. Uh, number two, he continues to be a pretty capable blocker out on the edges, which I love looking at that stuff. And number three, probably the biggest thing, Pete says lots of stuff in his press conferences throughout the years, lots of stuff. And he's always optimistic and you know, always kind of giving players the benefit of the doubt. No, he's working his way in and he's working his way back and we're going to open the playbook. And, and you, you don't know if it's true or not, but, but you know, Pete's just trying to keep the right vibe in the clubhouse. And that's his number one job, by the way. That's his number one job as head coach. And with that, to see D get his chances back there, right? I'd like to see him on punt return too. Hey, they, they, they clearly trust DJ and DJ did a good job. So all good there. But I, but seeing the trust factor where D's out there for more snaps, he's getting the ball more. He's going to get some kick returns. Now they were just, I think, uh, you know, uh, touchbacks and stuff like that, but super cool to see and super cool that Frost called it out. That's the kind of cranny I really enjoy. All right. We are on to Jamie Williams in the discord in Kenneth Walker, aka the slippery salmon, slipping tackles and breaking ankles. Hey, I love alliteration. I love some rhymes. Jamie Williams nailed it. Okay, we are back. Now we're going to go to DK Metcalf Fan Club. Sorry, that's Decaf Metcalf Fan Club. It's a little play on words because as a member of the flock, Brandon and Adam sent out some um, 
some coffee from, I think it's his brother's or some a family member's, uh, you know, coffee shop up there. And there was a, a DK Metcalf, uh, you know, half calf, et cetera, et cetera. Plan words back in the day. Good stuff. This is Lisa in Seattle for those who, who know her that way. She goes out abandoning the run game at the end of the game. Um, I hear you. I, 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 I think we, I think the Cardinals did a pretty nice job. I mean, Walker had his Lisa and broke a lot of tackles. I didn't think we blocked the run particularly well. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like big gashing holes. It was like Walker making six yards out of a, what an ordinary back would lose a yard on or get, get two yards on, uh, or Walker breaking through arm tackles and shoulder tackles, you know, good efforts, but not wrapping and Walker just being like, nope, not going to have that. Um, so I think it was more that Walker overperformed. And I think the stats show that versus that we blocked really well and that we could be super confident to get those yards. Um, now there were some frustrating, you know, back and forth in that fourth quarter. But again, when it, when it mattered most, uh, the drive to get Ken Walker in the end zone and then later in the game, Gino just put the ball up to DK a couple of times and, and that's where he got, you know, got a couple of key catches and lock it, of course. So definitely hear you, Lisa. I love running the ball. Um, I think it was the run blocking was leaving Waldron, I think, quite concerned that they weren't going to get the efficacy out of it when they needed it. All right. Back to Jimbo in seeing the defensive players celebrating after two good series in the fourth quarter, sacking and pressuring Kyler. Let's stop right there for a second. And I said at the top and a little bit of the preamble that, you know, we weren't going to talk about. Oh, Puna and Nuosu and Harris and Q Jeff, you know, they played really well, really, really well. Puna, by far the best game, best game of the year. And when they asked like, you know, Quentin Jefferson about this, like, yeah, they, they, the coaches just let us go at it. And again, what it meant is by scheme, the actual way they schemed was not to play a traditional three, four mindset, which is to, not be as aggressive off the ball and then react to what you're seeing versus the more traditional Seahawks mindset of get up field, go use your speed to your advantage. Puna Ford, he's, you know, he's a bowling ball of a man, right? A little tuna can, strong one at that. But, you know, six, four with, with long levers, he ain't, but he's darn quick for a dude of his stature, a little bowling ball. He's like the Maurice Jones drew of defensive linemen. And I mean that in all the complimentary ways. So great call out, Gene Bo. Love, love, love that we're talking more trench warfare here. All right. Flocked him as prime. You guys know him as you know, the mild mattered Keith Ketover in Jason Myers huffing, smelling salts again. Guess it worked this time. Yeah. I guess Jason quick the, uh, he uh, picked the wrong week to, uh, stop, stop sniffing glue on the sidelines there. He was perfect. Four for four. Gotta love it. Boye's biceps in the discord in. Got to give some love to Eskridge for his busiest game of his career. Some good grabs there. And I love that term, busiest game of his career. That's super cool, right? You wouldn't normally classify an NFL you know, player's game as busy, but it was busy because he was involved and he was involved in multiple facets like we talked about earlier. So lovely call out by Boye's biceps. Right hand Dan always coming in with the good stuff in Gina, Gino, not Gina, Gino, overselling the direct snap is fantastic. Yeah. Showing his ups. And then he says in, we'll say it every week. Shane's play calling. Absolutely. You know, real, real good stuff. And yes, we don't get seven till late in the game. And yes, it's four field goals. You got to tip your hat a little bit to a nice Cardinals defense. And we also, we move the ball. We got the ball into the red zone five times. That's cool. You know, it's not going to be every week that you're capitalizing on the red zone. Didn't crumble that, that way this week against other teams. It'll be, it'll be stronger. So yeah, I like the play calling again. It was quite good. Uh, totally agree. All right. So we are going to design Pete's beach house. This is Amy in the discord. She goes out special teams. Offense is solid. Defense trending up. Special teams needs, needs to get their act together, protect Dixon and make things happen. You are one third of the team. The big thing here, and Amy is spot on, is again, yes, is this team outperforming what most expected? Absolutely, right? Absolutely. Um, 
do we have a shot at some wild card or dare I say flirting with this division? Yeah. You know why? Because after six weeks, we're tied, we're tied for first place. Right. Um, and yes, I know how, I know how tiebreakers work and yada, yada, yada. Our, our records are the same. We're six weeks in. So it's, it's all good. Um, to Amy's point that our special teams has been bad, you know, cost us some games. And then in this particular case, let the Cardinals back in a game they had no right being in. So gotta clean it up. It's a huge part of, of why we were typically quite good. Um, and also looking real quick to that Chargers Broncos game that let's ride curse. The reason the Broncos lost that game last night, muff punt, a dude not, not knowing where he should be. The gunner taking advantage of that, pushing him right back into the, into the punt returner. Punt is muffed and. You know, the, the car, the Chargers come out there and kick, kick the game winning field goal. The Broncos are at two and four, which right now, by the way, if you hit the pause button, Seattle would have the Broncos seventh and 39th pick in the 2023 draft. If, if we stop the clock right now, that's not how time works. We got to march on Michael Dixon's big balls in the discord in Tariq leading the league in takeaways with four in Kobe leading the league in force fumbles with four in. Nubosu, Jefferson, Harris, Ford, Neal, Taylor, six sacks, six different dudes. Now, by the way, I went this entire time. We haven't talked about Taylor. Another part of this scheme and just letting dudes go do the stuff they're better at, um, not reactive, but proactive wise. Man, the game we've been asking Taylor to go have, he has the strip sack. He has other rushes. Taylor looked Taylor looked like how Taylor looked last year. Disruptive and a force. Really, really cool. All right. And then he also ends it within that big dick backspin. He's talking about Dixon's backspin on his punt. Yes. You know, um, uh, Dixon had the, the challenge on that touchdown, meaning like, you know, you don't want him to fumble there, of course. But again, a little bit of a redemption arc. He puts that ball up like the one yard line. It's called back on that, you know, that rule that we kind of all learned, learned on the fly that the guy's got to reestablish himself, although it hits, uh, blount or blunt, but it's all good. It was a beautiful punt. And then later in the game, he also, you know, he also put one, uh, he really boomed one when Seattle had a flip, flip field position and he boomed like a 60 plus yarder, which was lovely. So, Hey, gotta love, love, love us talking about our, our punt game. He also says out. Adam needs to acknowledge that his take on Kobe was a straight dumpster fire and full of soiled diapers with, you know, food and sriracha and wolf hair. And the dude is a stud. So Michael Dixon's big balls calling out Adam saying that his take on Kobe Bryant was trash. I'm here for it. Adam, where are you at? All right. We're going to close out with a couple more here. We got Hawk Van Dyke. And once again, congratulations on your move to the UK. That hat looks good on you though. Don't you know, just keep rocking it. He goes, wool in a divisional win. The punter from the outs back. Very punny. Very punny. Good job. John Ryan's face out. The love of God would Myers share his smelling salts with Dixon. His concentration seems off. So another, uh, another smelling salts comments. Hey, those things work. You know, pop it out there, get a little wake up call and go do your job. But again, I don't think that was on Dixon. Yes. Don't fumble the ball in the end zone. I get that. But, you know, then again, don't let a dude uh, free reign into your kicker's grill. Uh, maybe you want to block that guy. We are going to end this one back to Hawk Van Dyke getting the Chargers after a six day, you know, six, they only got six days. They played Monday night. So getting the Chargers after a six day episode, a win. Yes, I agree. Uh, you know, that's Bloomy. He's all about the rest days. He gets it straight away. He looks into, into the math and the science behind all that and the a little bit of analytics dive. And he's a big believer that teams on less rest have a disadvantage. So folks, we got to drive. Well, maybe a drive. I guess they'll probably fly. It's, it's long enough and they're professional athletes, but the Seahawks got a mosey down the coast to go from the Pacific Northwest. Not a bad, you know, not a bad little trot. Get down to LA. Lovely time of year. Very cool stadium in SoFi. Like, Say what you want about the, the Rams or the Chargers or, you know, Goodell, uh, you know, fixing the league so that these teams are good, whatever. Say what you want with all about that. The give some love to that. That stadium looks amazing. So if there are some 12s that are heading out to the game in LA, have some fun watching that Broncos Chargers game block. Um, I 
there's not a lot of vertical game, which is weird from Herbert out to his dudes. Now, again, Keenan Allen is going to be, if he plays and he's a hundred percent, he's an absolute difference maker. One of the best kind of most consistent studs over the last decade. Um, not just a possession receiver, but, but super clutch. He's, he's their chain mover and they're missing their chain mover right now. So we'll see if he comes back in time with that. The Chargers looked a little broken. And yes, in the past, we have helped our defenses help some of these quote unquote broken offenses look better, but not versus the Cardinals. You know, the Cardinals came in and people still like, Oh, they're high powered and all this stuff. Nope. You know, and oh, Marquise Brown's gonna gonna tear it up, and nope, uh, the Cardinals are gonna you know, you know, Benjamin's skilled, and he's gonna get it. Nope. Oh, Kyler Murray gets a couple of runs here and there, but mostly contained. And again, they they don't allow an offensive touchdown. So as we go into the Chargers game, we got to be bullish, right? We got to be like, ooh, we're gonna hear it all week that this team uh, defensively are they turning a corner. Have they turned this corner? Is is it scheme? Is scheme the reason they're playing better? We shall see. I cannot wait for this game. Another four o'clock or so start on the West Coast. This is big, folks. Hey, at three and three, we got a chance to go beat a Chargers team that I think is underperforming. You know, they they just squeak out that win versus what what is a fairly okay Broncos team. They just get that win. It's an overtime game where they got to play extra. And they only get six days rest. I like our chances. Love our chances. Love hanging out with all of y'all. Thanks for the opportunity to ride solo today. Brandon will be back next week. But again, Seahawkers podcast, you know, youtube.com slash Seahawkers podcast. Make sure you're subscribing and just go get the audio and get it out there to other Hawks fans. We're doing five shows a week. Uh, you know, the best part is you don't got to love every single show. Right. In fact, we don't expect you to love every single show, but we got the gambling show. We got what if the preview show. We got this, you know, this, this, uh, unique recap show. Of course, we got the flagship, you know, the reason we're all here in the first place, the Seahawkers podcast with Brandon and Adam. That's the best for a reason. We call it the flagship for a reason. And we even have the, uh, the from the podiums, which are these delightful ways of curating the best of the, the uh, the pressers the press conferences and putting them in a way that's actually consumable and light and easy for you to digest what the coaches and players are saying so bringing all of that to y'all five times a week and our ask is subscribe share it and if you're getting value from what we're doing get in the flock.com join the discord join the facebook ring of honor and with that i think there's only one thing left to say go hawks mm-hmm.